Welcome back to the Come Follow Me Read Along. Thanks for joining me again. We're reading the scripture passages that go along with the weekly study curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. With generous permission from Thomas Waymont, the BYU Religious Study Center, and Deseret Book, I'll be reading today's chapters from Thomas Waymont's translation, which is titled The New Testament, a translation for Latter-day Saints. So let's start with Hebrews chapter 7. For this... Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham as he was returning from defeating the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness, then king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father or mother, without a genealogy, he has no beginning of days or end of life, but similar to the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. See how great this man was, to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of his plunder? And those who are the descendants of Levi, who received the priesthood, have a commandment according to the law, to receive a tithe from the people, that is, from their brothers and sisters, even though they are also descended from Abraham. But Melchizedek, who does not descend from the same people, received tithes from Abraham, and blessed him who had the promises. Without any controversy, the lesser was blessed by the greater, and in the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, while in the other case, they are received by him who is confirmed to be alive. One might even say that Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still unborn in Abraham's loins when Melchizedek met him. On the one hand, if perfection through the Levitical priesthood were possible, for the people received the law under it, why would there still have been a need for another priest after the order of Melchizedek, and not named after the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood changes, there must also be a change in the law. But the one about whom these things are spoken, he belongs to another tribe, a tribe from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is certain that our Lord descended from Judah, and Moses said nothing about priests in that tribe, and this is even clearer if another priest like Melchizedek arises, one who has not become a priest by legal requirement concerning physical descent, but by the miracle of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed about him that you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, an earlier commandment was set aside because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope was introduced through which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath, for the former priests became such without an oath. But Jesus was made a priest by an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn, and he will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Accordingly, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. And there were many who were priests formerly, but they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But Jesus holds his priesthood permanently, because he remains forever. So he is able to save completely those who come near to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. For it is indeed fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separate from sinners, exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like the former high priests, to offer sacrifices each day, first for their own sins and then for the sins of the people. 
because he did this once and for all in offering himself. For the law appoints men who are prone to weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath which came after the law appoints a son who has forever been made perfect. Chapter 8 The point of what we are saying is this. We have a high priest who sat down on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tabernacle, which the Lord, and not a mortal, set up. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and offerings. Therefore, it is necessary for him to have something to offer. Therefore, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, because there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve as a type and shadow of heavenly things, just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle. For he says, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you in the mountain. But now, Jesus has obtained a greater ministry, because the covenant he mediates is better, and it is established upon better promises. For if the first covenant had been without fault, no one would have sought for a second one. For he finds fault when he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not remain in my covenant, and so I had no regard for them, says the Lord, because this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them upon their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people, and they will certainly not teach each person his neighbor, and each person will not teach his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least until the greatest among them, for I will be merciful toward their evil deeds, and their sins I will no longer remember. In speaking a new covenant, he makes the first covenant obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Chapter 9 Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and its earthly sanctuary. For a tent was prepared with the outer partition, in which were the lampstand, the table, and the presentation of the loaves. It was called the holy place. After the second curtain was a tent called the Holy of Holies. It had the gold altar of incense, and the Ark of the Covenant covered all over in gold. In the Ark was a gold bowl containing the manna, and Aaron's staff that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. Now is not the time to speak of these in detail. With these things being prepared in this way, the priests would enter the outer partition regularly to perform their duties, but only the high priest entered into the second partition once a year, and not without blood, which he would offer for himself, and for the unintentional sins of the people. The Holy Spirit demonstrated that the way into the holy place had not yet been made apparent as long as the first tabernacle was standing, which is symbolic for the present age. In this way, gifts and sacrifices were offered that could not perfect the conscience of the worshiper. Their purpose was for food and drink and various washings, which are human regulations that were set in place until the time of Reformation. But Christ has come as high priest of the good things to come, passing through the greater and more perfect tent, 
not made with hands, which is not of this creation. And he entered the holy place once and for all, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young heifer sprinkled on the defiled sanctifies them so that they are purified, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God? Because of this, he is the mediator of the new covenant. Those who are called may receive an eternal inheritance because a death has occurred that sets them free from the transgressions of the first covenant. For if there is a will, the death of the person who made it must be proven. For a will goes into effect at death, since it has no power while the one who made it is still living. Not even the first covenant was initiated without blood. For when every commandment of the law had been spoken by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats, and he sprinkled the book and all the people with water, and red wool and hyssop, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God has commanded you to obey. And likewise, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the utensils of worship with blood. And with blood, almost all things are purified according to the law. And without the shedding of blood, forgiveness does not come. Therefore it is necessary for the types and shadows of the things in heaven to be purified through these practices but the heavenly things needed better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered holy places made with hands, which are types and shadows of true things, but into heaven itself. Now he appears in the presence of God on our behalf. He did not enter so that he would offer himself repeatedly, just as the high priest enters the holy place every year with blood that is not his own, since he would have to suffer repeatedly from the foundation of the world. Now he has appeared once and for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by sacrificing himself. And as it is appointed for a person to die once and then be judged, even so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. Hebrews chapter 10 For the law is a type of good things to come but it is not the reality itself. The law is not capable of perfecting those who come to worship by the same sacrifices offered continually every year. Otherwise, they would not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have a consciousness of sins. But in the sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year after year, for the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, You have not desired sacrifice and offering, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and in sin offerings, you have not taken pleasure. Then he said, Behold, I have come, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book, to do your will, God. When it says above, Sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire nor take delight in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he says, Behold, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. In his will, we are made holy because of the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, 
offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting until his enemies are made a footstool under his feet. For in one offering he has perfected those who are made holy for all time. And the Holy Spirit testifies to us, For after he says, This is the covenant which I will make with them, after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will not remember their sins and their lawlessness any longer. Where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brothers and sisters, because we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way he initiated for us through the veil, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and the full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled from a wicked conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the confession of hope, for the one who gave the promise is faithful. And let us consider how to encourage one another to love and to do good works, not abandoning our meetings, as is the habit for some, but encouraging one another, and even more so, because you see the day drawing near. For if we continue sinning willfully, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and the fury of fire that will consume God's enemies. A person who rejected the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse of a punishment do you think that person deserves who has rejected the Son of God and profanes the blood of the covenant that made that person holy and also insults the Spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, Vengeance is mine and I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember the former days. When you were enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to abuse and trials, and at other times you were partners with those who were treated that way. For you showed compassion to the imprisoned, and you accepted the seizure of your property with joy, knowing that you yourselves had a great possession and one that abides. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you need endurance, so that when you do the will of God, you will receive what is promised. For yet a little while, the coming one will come without delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are among those who have faith and preserve their souls. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is being confident in what we hope for, being convinced of things we do not see. For by this, the people of old received a commendation by God. By faith, we understand that the ages of the world were established by God's word, so that what is seen was not made from visible things. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain, for which he was commended as being righteous. God commended him for his gifts. And through this sacrifice he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was lifted up so that he did not see death, and he was not found because God lifted him up.
For before he was lifted up, he was commended because he pleased God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For the one who approaches God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek after him. By faith, Noah, being warned about events that were not yet seen, in reverent regard built an ark for the salvation of his family. Through faith, he judged the world, and he became an heir of righteousness through faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when called to go to a place that he would receive as an inheritance, and he went, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he departed to live in the land of promise as a foreigner in a foreign country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking for the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power to conceive, even though he was too old, and Sarah was barren, because he considered the one who made the promise to be faithful. Therefore from one man, and this one as good as dead, were born descendants just like the stars of heaven in number, and just like the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These men all died, having faith, not receiving the things they were promised. But they saw them at a distance and welcomed them, confessing that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For those who say these things make it obvious that they are seeking a homeland. And if they had been thinking about the land that they had left, they would have had a chance to return. Now they desire a better homeland, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has made a city ready for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, because he received the promises. But he was ready to sacrifice his only son. For God said to him, In Isaac your descendants will be named. And Abraham reasoned that God was able to raise him from the dead, and, figuratively speaking, he received him back. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau about their future. By faith Jacob, while dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, near the end of his life, referred to the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy sin's fleeting pleasure. He considered the reproach experienced for Christ to be greater than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. By faith he departed from Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he persevered as though he could see the invisible one. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch them. By faith they crossed the Red Sea, as though it were dry land. But when the Egyptians tried, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell, when they marched around them for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute did not die with those who were disobedient, because she received the spies in peace. And what more will I say? For time will fail me in recounting Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets— 
who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, became strong from their weaknesses, grew strong in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead who were raised to life, but some were tortured, not accepting release, so that they might rise again in a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging and even chains of imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two, killed by the sword. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. Wandering around in deserts and mountains, and in caves and caverns in the earth. And these were all commended because of their faith. But they did not receive what was promised. For God has provided something better for us, so that they should not be made perfect without us. Chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we must put off every weight and sin that clings closely to us and run with endurance the race that is set out before us, looking to Jesus, the architect and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set out before him suffered a cross despite its shame. And he is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider the one who endured such contempt against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow tired in your souls and give up. You have not resisted to the point of bloodshed in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the exhortation that called you as children? My child, do not disregard the Lord's discipline, or be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, and chastises every child whom He receives. Endure trials for the purpose of discipline. God is treating you as children. For what child is there that a father does not discipline? If you are without discipline, which is something all children have shared, then you are illegitimate and not true children. Indeed, we have had mortal fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not be much more subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a little while according to what seemed appropriate to them. But He disciplines us for our good, so that we may be heirs in His holiness." All discipline seems to be painful at the time and not joyful. But later, it produces the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have learned by it. Therefore, lift up your hands that hang down and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the paths of your feet so that what is weak may not be thrown out of joint, but be healed. Seek for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no one is like a bitter root sprouting up and causing trouble, and through him many become defiled. And make sure that no one is immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that later, when he wished to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no opportunity to repent, even though he sought for it with tears. For you have not come to something that can be touched, to a burning fire, darkness, gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice speaking, which caused the hearers to beg that a word might not be spoken to them, for they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. And the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. 
But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to a myriad of angels in a celebratory gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of righteous people made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the spilled blood that speaks something better than Abel's offering does. See that you do not reject the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they rejected the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we reject the one who warns from heaven? Then his voice shook the earth, and now he has promised, saying, I will once more shake not only the earth, but heaven also. This phrase, once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, the things that have been made, in order that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us give thanks, through which we may serve God pleasingly with devotion and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews chapter 13 Brotherly love must continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality, for by doing so, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, and those who were mistreated, because you also have a body. Marriage must be honored by all, and the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the immoral and adulterous. Your behavior must be free from the love of money, and you must be content with what you have now. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Because of this, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. What can a man do to me? Remember your leaders, the ones who spoke the word of God to you, and consider their behavior and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be established in grace, not in foods, which have not benefited those who participated in them. We have an altar that those who serve in the tabernacle have no authority to eat from. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin, they are burned outside of the camp. Jesus also suffered outside the gate, so that he might make the people holy through his own blood. Therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the abuse he suffered. For we have no lasting city here, but we will seek the one to come. Therefore, through him let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, which is the fruit of the lips that give thanks to his name. Do not neglect to do good and share in the common good, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are watching over your souls as ones who provide an account of things. Let them do this with joy and without making a complaint, for this would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are certain that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act uprightly in every way. I encourage you to do this all the more, so that I may more quickly be restored to you. May the God of peace, who brought our Lord Jesus again from the dead, Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing in order to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his presence, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I call on you, brothers and sisters, 
to bear my message of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. Understand that our brother Timothy has been released, and if he comes soon, I will see you together with him. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. The saints from Italy greet you. May grace be with all of you. And that concludes our reading of Hebrews chapter 13 and of the book of Hebrews. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll catch you next week.